Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Go Forth and Golf. I'm your host, Steve Goforth, PGA professional at Willow Creek Golf Club and owner of Go Forth Golf Instruction. I am very excited about bringing you this episode because I am going to be talking about how to improve your short game. And that comes down to how to practice your short game effectively. I'm going to give you some fantastic tips that's going to help you improve your short game. It's going to translate to the golf course and ultimately lowering your scores, making you way more comfortable when you get around the green. And later in the episode, I'm going to answer some fantastic questions that were submitted to me. Highly suggest you listen to this because these questions may apply to your golf game and may make a huge impact in your game and help you lower those scores. That's what we're here for. I'm very excited. I hope you are. Let's go ahead and jump into episode number 16. Let's tee it up. Oh, he got all of that one. Practicing your short game effectively is really important if you want to become a better golfer and you want to lower your scores. Before I get started, let me define what I mean by practicing your short game. What I mean by this is it's going to apply to your chip and your pitch shots around the green and also completing that shot, of course, with the putt on the practice screen when you are out there practicing at your facility. It really helps a lot when you're out there practicing to simulate an on-course situation where you need to get the ball in the cup and as little shots as possible when you miss your green in regulation or if you're close to the green on your drive or your approach shot on a par five. Say you've hit your second shot up to the green, caught it really well and you've got a short shot into that green on that par five to hit it in regulation i will talk about practicing your putting more in depth on a future episode or if you come to me for a putting lesson but for now we're just going to focus on the short game the chip shots pitch shots how do we get that golf ball closer get the ball in the cup quicker head to the next hole lower the scores what i see a lot is that golfers tend to practice the majority of their time i mean the vast majority of their time on full swing and they just neglect or they take for granted the short game. I think the mentality there sometimes is, well, you know what? It's a short shot. It doesn't take a lot of effort and I'll, I'll get to that later. Right now, I need to focus on my driver. I need to focus on my iron shots. I'm not too worried about those short shots. I'll figure that out. But a lot of golfers have a hard time with that. They don't have the proper technique and feel is not there because they don't practice it enough. If I lay off from playing a good bit, the first thing I notice that goes out the window is feel and distance response. So it's really, really important to make sure you practice your short game at every single practice session you go to to keep that strengthened and to help you maintain that feel you have around the green. I'm going to talk a little bit more about feel here as we get into this. Before I jump into some tips, I want to talk about the importance of sitting down and making a list of your weaknesses. I know that's tough to do sometimes because we have to really self-evaluate. And the last thing we want to do is 
bring recognition to things we don't do well, but you really have to do that in order to know what to attack. When a new student comes to me, first question out of my mouth most of the time will be, what are your weakest areas? What do you struggle with? What can we attack today to make you better? What is it about your game that annoys you the most that you've got to get this fixed? Why did you set this lesson up with me? There has to be a main reason for that or reasons for that. So make a list of your weaknesses, in this case when it comes to short game, so that way you'll know what you need to focus on. It's also important for you to keep track of your stats. In the scenario of short game, how many up and downs did you have? And how many shots did it take you to get from beside or near the green into the cup? How many putts did you have? Those statistics can really give you feedback and give me as an instructor feedback on what we need to work on or continue to work on as we move forward. So let's jump into some tips that I think will really help you a lot in terms of practicing your short game effectively. Maybe. Yes, sir. All right, so when you go into your practice session, you really want to have that detailed plan of action. Let me give you a fantastic example of this. If I go to the gym, if I don't have a plan when I walk in that gym, I find myself just mindlessly walking around, getting on a piece of equipment and working out that just catches my eye or just doing whatever. And when I have that approach, I'm really not effectively working out. I need to have a plan. Okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to work on chest, shoulders, bicep, tricep, whatever it is. I'm going to do lower body today. I'm going to work on whatever the case may be. I'm going to have a plan when I walk in there. Otherwise, I might as well not be working out because I'm not accomplishing anything or getting in better shape. Same exact thing is going to apply to your golf session. If you don't go into your practice session with a plan, you're just going to end up mindlessly hitting golf balls into a field and all you're doing is exercising. You're not really practicing. So have that detailed plan of action that will help you. I'm going to talk about some drills a little bit later that will help you with that. You can also go online and look up some detailed plans for practicing short game. And I can also help you with that as well. If you come to me for a lesson, when you develop this plan, you want to make a list of how many minutes or how many golf balls you will hit pitch shots, chip shots, and putts. And having it mapped out will just help you be more effective and just have you practicing with a purpose. I cannot express this enough to you because without a plan, you're not going to improve on your short game. Take the time to sit down and map this out. Put it in your phone or put it in a notepad that you're going to have with you at the practice range and then stick to that plan. You'll find that if you do this, number one, you're going to be engaged a whole lot more in your practice session and you'll get less bored and the time will fly very, very quickly. And next thing you know, it's time to go. I promise you, you cannot go wrong with setting up a detailed plan of action for your practice session. To become a lot better with your short game, it's important to come up with a pre-shot routine. A pre-shot routine is going to help you, number one, stay calm and also focused, and it's going to lower the chances of making any type of mistake out there. Think about your morning routine for a second. When that routine gets broken, you walk out the door and forget stuff. If we can stick to our routine, we're less likely to forget things that are important 
And in this case, having that routine before you hit your golf shot, you can remember all those things that are important, like your alignment and your setup, for example. I think the most important thing to remember from that pre-shot routine not only is to not forget things, but it's to stay calm and focused, like I mentioned earlier. Especially if we get into a situation where we have a chip shot or a pitch shot in front of us that we're really, really nervous about. We know we've done poorly with this particular shot in the past. Our mind starts racing. We start getting these negative thoughts entering our mind. That's happened to all of us. We start picturing that bladed shot over the green or that chunk shot right in front of us. So having that routine will block a lot of that out, get you focused on that shot right in front of you. You stay in the moment and you don't let your mind wander to things we shouldn't be thinking about. So come up with that routine. Do whatever you need to do on that. I can help you with that, but I like to encourage people to come up with your own routine because if you do that, you tend to own it because it's yours. You developed that. You came up with that and you have more confidence in it. Visualization is gigantic. If your brain can't see that target or if your brain cannot see the shot you're trying to hit, it's going to be very difficult to perform that shot. I've used this example a lot. When Tiger was a kid, his dad would teach him to putt to the picture, chip to the picture, pitch to the picture, have a picture of that target in your mind, and then hit to it. Because when your brain can see it, it knows the amount of energy it needs to put behind that shot to get the golf ball to whatever your target may be. Also, mentally seeing that shot land, roll out, and actually roll in the cup. Even if it doesn't go in the hole, that's okay. At least you're seeing something positive in your mind and not that negative shot that I mentioned earlier to you. Visualization is something that the players on tour practice a lot and they try to perfect. We're not going to be perfect at it, but if we can at least have that frame of mind to where we are looking at the target in our mind, we're seeing the shot we want to hit, we have such a huge chance of being more successful with the shot we're trying to hit. Practice that visualization because it will become very, very useful to you and you'll be shocked and amazed at how well you'll do once you start getting better at this. I mentioned the importance of feel to you earlier. When you're out there practicing, don't just throw out a bunch of golf balls in one spot and then send shots towards one target. Move around to different areas and just play different links with the same club and then switch it up and use another club and work on developing the feel with all of your wedges. And maybe you want to move outside the wedges. Say you want to try a nine iron or an eight iron. Get creative. I never like to tell a student you have to use certain clubs when you're around the green because I feel like that takes away their ability to be creative. You want to experiment with different clubs, but if you can go around the green and hit at different targets from different distances, that will really help you a lot with establishing the feel with whatever club you're using. And then that way, when you go to the golf course and you use that particular club at that particular distance and that particular scenario that you've practiced many, many times, you're going to feel a lot more confident that you can pull that shot off and be successful with it. So again, don't just throw down a bunch of golf balls in one spot and just mindlessly chip to one particular target. You're not doing anything for your game by doing that. Move around, try different clubs, try different shots, try different distances. I guarantee you that will drastically improve your short game. I think the thing to remember here is I want you to have fun. Have fun when you're practicing. The more games you can come up with to play and the more engaged you're going to be in the practice session, 
the more effective it's going to be. Don't forget or lose sight of what this is all about. We're there to have fun. Sometimes we all take this thing way too seriously. We beat ourselves up. We really get angry at ourselves or disappointed in ourselves. Because we don't hit that chip shot or that pitch shot the way we wanted to, we take that anger with us to the next shot. We mess that one up and the next one, and it's just a domino effect. Have fun. I tell you that after every episode of this podcast because it's so important. Remember, go out there and have fun. Because if you're not, you're not going to get the most out of your game, and you're not going to lower your scores. Always remember that. Now I'm going to give you some drills that I think will be really helpful when coming up with your practice plan. Okay, this is the fun part. So these are some drills that I want you to keep in mind or experiment with that will help you. Remember, you can always go and look up some other drills online, or if you come to me for a lesson, I'll help you with this. The first one I want to give you is to set up a chipping zone. You can take two tees and put them up on the green and space those tees, I don't know, roughly eight feet apart to start with. Maybe you want to start 10 feet, move it down to eight, move it down to six, move it down to four as you become better. You want to throw down 10 golf balls. You want to ship those golf balls to your zone and then keep track of the percentage that stays inside the zone and then the percentage that didn't make it, whether that percentage was long or short. For example, I'll take students over to our chipping green at Willow Creek and I'll set up the zone for them. I'll tell them, choose whatever club you want to in this scenario, whatever you think is going to get that ball to start rolling in your zone. I'll have them chip 10 golf balls, and then I'll bring them up, and we'll look at how many stayed in the zone. An example of that is, say, four was in the zone. That's 40%. You had two that stayed short. That's 20%. And then you had four that went long. That's 40%. There's your 100%. And so you start seeing a pattern there. If you had 40% go long, 20% go short, then you know that the majority of your miss hits are longer than they need to be. Maybe you need to club it down a little bit. Wonderful game just to keep you focused on results. You can also play a points game with that. So for every golf ball that stops in your zone, give yourself a point. Keep track of your points. Really important to keep track of this, whether it's percentages or points, pull out your phone or pull out your notepad Make a list of what points or percentages you did that day. Write the date down, and we come back to your next practice session. You can look at that and say, all right, last time I did this, I was only 40% inside my zone. Today I'm getting 50. I'm not leaving here until I get at least 50 and improve that. Or if you did points, I only got four points. I'm not leaving until I get at least five or six. So having something to measure it against is super, super important. Another great game that you can do is play nine holes from around the green. You want to pick three easy hole locations, three medium hole locations, and then three difficult locations. The goal here is to get up and down, whether you're chipping or pitching, and then make the putt. At the end, your total score should be 18 or less. And if you have more than 18, then you know, hey, it took more than two shots to get that ball up there and into the hole. Wonderful game to play because you're giving yourself different scenarios with the easy, medium, and difficult locations to practice and get better at. I highly suggest if you have space at your home and your yard, practice some pitch shots from various lengths with different wedges. When I was a kid, I used to do this all the time. I would have three golf balls. One was me, one was Jack Nicklaus, and the other was Arnold Palmer. Sometimes I'd switch that up and throw in Chi-Chi and Trevino, but I would try equally with all three golf balls and which one come out the winner that day. 
and I would hit toward a particular target. Whoever got the closest got a point. You can imagine your playing partners if that motivates you even more when you're out there doing that. But just get creative at home. You don't have to be limited to the practice range. Some of this stuff you can do at home. There's nets out there that you can buy that you can chip to. Put a blanket out there. Weight it down on all four corners. Try to land the golf ball on the blanket. If it lands on it, you give yourself a point. Buckets, do the same thing. If it hits the bucket or goes in the bucket or trash can, you give yourself a point. There's so many different things that you can do out there. Just get creative. And again, just have fun with it. Remember, if you need help with technique in performing your chip shot, your pitch shot, please reach out to me for a lesson. Email me, call me at Willow Creek. I can also help you develop that effective practice regimen and get your scores trending lower. That's what this is about. Let's get those scores down. If we can attack our short game, strengthen our short game, make it so much better, I promise you, your scores will definitely lower. And guess what? You're going to have a lot more fun out there. Good luck. This can't talk is ain't about hitting some little white ball in some yonder hole. It's about inner demons, self-doubt, human frailty, and overcoming all that crap. If you want to take control of your health and feel so much better, I encourage you to check out Pure on Main. They have two locations on Main Street in downtown Greenville, across from the Hyatt, and another location on Cannon Street in beautiful downtown Greer. Pure on Main provides you with essential services and products, allowing you to live a healthier, more fulfilling life. Pure on Main is one of the most exclusive and unique health and wellness centers in the upstate. They've been nominated as one of Greenville's best wellness centers for five consecutive years. Betsy and her staff provide services such as colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy, ionic foot detox, and wellness consulting. They also have a store filled with beneficial items for your body and soul. Pure on Main is dedicated to helping and serving their community. Please give them a call and let them recommend the best products to help keep you and your family safe during these challenging times. I get all of my wellness supplements from them and I feel amazing. Visit their website at pureonmain.com. Again, that's pureonmain.com where you can also purchase their phenomenal products to be shipped to you for free. Yeah, you heard me right. Free right to your door. Or you can pick them up at their downtown Greenville or Greer locations. So what are you waiting for? Start living healthier and pure with the help of Pure on Main. You won't regret it. Before we jump into the next segment, I want to thank you very much for your support of this podcast. I ask that you please share this podcast with your golfing group, your friends, your family, anyone who shares your passion or your interest in golf. Please tell them about this podcast. The more people I can reach, the more people I can help, the more we can grow this game. Remember, the whole purpose of this podcast is to inspire, is to educate, and is to entertain you. And I hope I'm doing all that through this podcast for you each and every episode. Also, share it on social media. You're welcome to tag me in that post. Anybody who shares my podcast and they tag me in it, you're going to automatically be put into a drawing for a free 30-minute golf lesson. So if you want a free lesson, go out there, just click the share button, tag me, real simple. Put it out there to your friends, family, on social media, and you have a chance of winning that free 30-minute golf lesson with me. Also, please visit my website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Again, that's GoForthGolfInstruction.com. You can also follow me on social media. It's at GoForthGolfInstruction on Facebook. It's sgoforth underscore PGA 
on Instagram, and it's at GoForthGolf on Twitter. And also, come see us at Willow Creek. Set up a tee time by calling us or going on our website and booking your tee time there. You can learn everything you need to know about Willow Creek Golf Club on our website. We'd love to see you. Thank you again for your support. Now let's head into the next segment. It's time to answer those listener questions. I have some really good ones for this episode. I'm very, very excited about it. Thank you for those that submitted your questions. And remember, if you want to submit a question in the future, feel free to email me at sgoforth at pga.com. Again, sgoforth at pga.com. Let's go ahead and jump into those questions. Well, we're waiting. First question I have is from Paul. Paul asks, how can I transition my good practice sessions on the range to the golf course? Well, Paul, the key to that is without a doubt, practicing with a purpose. What I normally see is golfers are far more relaxed on the range because there's no pressure and they're out there swinging more freely. They're striking the ball well. Then they go to the course and the nerves kick in and then the body may tighten up. Muscles may tighten up and they have a harder time swinging freely and in rhythm because they're having to send the golf ball to a specific target. Whereas on the range, they're just out there hitting balls into this huge field, and there's not a lot of pressure there for them. So again, the key here is practice with a purpose. I'm going to give you four different things to think about here when you go to the driving range that'll help you practice better, and then that's going to help you transfer that over to the golf course. First thing you want to think about, when you're out on the driving range, I want you to hit at specific targets. If you come out to Willow Creek, you know we have all those flags out on our range, and we also have an outline of the green. So I want you to pick certain flags and greens to hit at, and I want you to test your accuracy. Use different clubs and play a points game if you need to. So every golf ball that lands on that green or in the vicinity of that flag, you get a point and do different segments, and that way you can keep track of your points a little bit better. Also, you want to test your distance and try to land your ball as close to certain markers as possible. It's also going to help you dial in your distance response with each iron so you'll know precisely how far you're hitting your irons and that's key because if we get to the golf course and we're not sure how far we need to hit an iron or how far we can hit an iron especially when other elements play into account like uphill downhill or wind that makes us unsure we may not hit the green in regulation we may be a little more nervous because we don't know what to expect from that golf shot so it's really important to go out there and practice that on the range as far as your driver is concerned, I want you to simulate a fairway. So find two flags, hit your golf ball between those two flags. That's your fairway. Put down 14 golf balls because there's 14 possible fairways on the golf course, right? So if you can hit all 14 within your fairway, that's wonderful. But keep track of that. So you get a point for every golf ball that lands in your fairway. The second thing I want you to think about is I want you to play the driving range like it's a golf course. So I want you to have your warm-up period. And then I want you to hit a series of shots and simulate particular holes. So playing out at Willow Creek, you can simulate the first hole, par five, and then the second hole, the par four dog leg left. But see that in your mind and try to hit those golf shots. Use a lot of mental imagery and imagination, and then that will really help you feel what it's like to be on the golf course. And what I mean by that is that pressure we kind of feel, the nerves we feel, when your mind is seeing something that you have to hit at, just as though we're out there on the golf course. So for example, if you are playing a par five in your mind, you're gonna hit your drive, maybe you're gonna hit a hybrid or fairway wood for your second shot, then say a mid to low iron or wedge for your third shot. 
And then if you're playing a par four, hit your driver, then hit a mid iron or short iron as if you're going into a green and pick a particular flag to hit at at a particular distance that would simulate that. So really helps a lot to visualize those holes and just, again, pretend you're playing a hole on the golf course. Third thing I want you to do is I want you to plan your practice sessions on the driving range. I want you to make some really effective use of your time. So whatever time you have, I want you to focus on swings with a wedge and then go up to a short iron, then maybe a longer iron or hybrid, and then your driver. I want you to make every shot count. That's what's important here. And that's why I really recommend keeping points because when you keep points, it really makes each shot count for you. Just don't get out there and pound away at a huge bucket of range balls because like I said before, all you're doing is exercising. You're not really practicing the game of golf. If you need to, go through your pre-shot routine that you would do on the golf course and also maybe include some practice swings in there. Anything that you can do that can simulate an on-course situation here and just making you take your time and focus on each shot, that's what's important here. And then finally, I want you to just make sure you spend time working on your short game. Go back and listen to what I mentioned earlier about practicing your short game effectively because it is the most important part of your golf game. Again, the whole purpose of this is just to feel like you're on the golf course and simulate that pressure that you get when you're out there. So if you can practice like this, I can promise you, you're going to see your range game translate over to the golf course a lot more and you're going to be amazed at the results that you're going to see on the golf course because you're now practicing with a purpose. And again, it goes back to the first thing I said. That is the key here, practicing with a purpose. Paul, I hope this helps you next time I see you. Let me know how it's going. The next question comes from Richard, and Richard asks, How far away should I set up from the golf ball with my full swing shots? Richard, the easiest way to measure this is to make sure you're a hand wave distance. So what that means is picture yourself standing there gripping the golf club in your setup position. You should be able to take your right hand off the golf club and wave it at a hand width length between your club and your body without touching your body and without touching the golf club. If you can do this, and then also the weight being on the balls of your feet, then you know you're at the right distance. The old way of doing that was that you could put your thumb on your belt buckle when you're in your setup position and your pinky finger on the butt end of the club, but I feel like that's just too cumbersome in my opinion. That hand wave distance is going to apply for all clubs. The only exception that you may have with that is sometimes we may move a little bit closer with our hands to our body for wedge shots or chip shots. Some players like to get the hands closer on wedge shots, so it's going to promote them to get steeper on their backswing and then steeper on their angle of attack to create more spin, but generally you want to be a hand wave distance between your club and the body. And then also what's important is making sure the weight's on the balls of your feet. So that's really your two checkpoints there. Where's my weight? If it's on the balls of my feet, check. If you can make a hand wave, check. You're good to go. And again, that's with all clubs. Hope this helps you, Richard. The next question comes from Josh and Josh says, I don't want to think too much about my setup. I feel pretty good about how I'm setting up to the golf ball, with my grip and my weight, etc. But how do I strike the ball more consistently? Because I've really been struggling with that, mainly with my irons. Well, Josh, what you have to think about here is when you make a golf shot, where the golf ball goes is really going to depend on what the arms are doing, the club face is doing, and the grip. 
So that's going to affect the direction of the golf ball. As far as how you strike that golf ball, it's really going to depend upon where the body is during the swing or what the body is doing during the swing. So if your strikes are pretty inconsistent, then you need to make sure you work on body motion or maintaining your body over the golf ball during the entire golf swing. One part of that is your spine angle. And this is something I talk about a lot with students. I see students coming up and out of their spine angle. So their spine goes upward, therefore the head goes up, or their hips are moving towards the golf ball rather than turning towards the target. And so if you can really focus on maintaining your spine angle, keeping your tailbone out, rotating your hips towards the target, that will help you strike the ball a lot more consistently. Also, just making sure you don't sway off the golf ball. So swaying off the golf ball, whether it be backwards or too far forwards, that can also get the club off plane possibly, but also put you in a position to strike the ground first or on top of the golf ball. So you want to make sure that your head is staying centered over the golf ball and that you're maintaining your spine angle. A fantastic drill for this is on my YouTube channel. Just go out and search Go Forth Golf Instruction on YouTube. And the name of that video is Improving Your Ball Striking. So if you can do this drill, you're going to really find that it's going to help you in three different areas. Number one, it's going to help you maintain your spine angle. Number two, it's going to teach you how to properly rotate your body. And then number three, it's going to teach you how to properly shift your weight. So spine angle, body rotation, and weight shift. And that one simple drill will definitely make a huge difference on improving your ball striking with all golf clubs. No matter if it's your irons or your woods, it's going to help you a lot. So go check out that video. If you can't find it, contact me, and I'll send you a link to that. Keep me posted, Josh. The final question comes from Bill. He emailed me from Buffalo, New York, and he says, I've been working on trying to get more backspin on my golf ball. Even though I keep hearing that the golf ball I play has everything to do with backspin, I'm beginning to wonder if the irons I play are limiting me as well because the irons I'm playing are considered game improvement irons. I'm wondering if I would need more of a player's iron or if I just simply need to keep working on my swing. Great question, Bill. A lot of it has to do with how you attack that golf ball, what angle of attack you come in at that golf ball. That's going to influence the backspin on the golf ball. Having a game improvement iron is not going to hinder you from hitting a ball with a lot of spin if you have those solid mechanics and you know how to hit that shot. You, again, want to have that steep descending blow. And if you're on a launch monitor, uh, say a TrackMan, for example, you definitely want to have a negative attack angle into the golf ball if you're looking at that or reading those numbers. And also having a high enough clubhead speed will help generate more backspin. The more clubhead speed you're coming in, that steep angle of attack, the more spin you're going to get on that golf ball, no matter what iron you're playing with. Here are some things you want to think about to ensure that your golf equipment and your golf swing is going to help ensure that spin. Number one, you want to make sure you check your grooves. A lot of golfers don't keep their grooves cleaned on their irons, and so that hinders spin. So make sure you keep those grooves clean. Playing the premium golf ball, that's also going to help you as well. One that's going to allow you to spin the ball more. So it sounds like you're researching that already. That's wonderful. Whatever ball you found that's going to produce that spin, stick with that. And also, you got to think about the lie that you're hitting off of. For example, you can't really create a lot of spin out of the rough 
because there's going to be friction between the club face and the golf ball with that high grass. So don't expect much spin out of the rough. If you're in a nice line in the fairway or even a tight line in the fairway, that's going to promote you to come in steeper at the golf ball. That's going to help you spin the ball as well. And then also work on keeping your hands ahead of the ball at impact. If you're flipping the golf club through impact and your left arm's breaking down, your right palm's going to the sky, that's going to add loft to the club. That's going to hurt you in terms of spin. You've got to get that leading edge, that bottom part of the iron, digging in at the golf ball and ground at the same time, and that's going to produce the spin that you're looking for. Another thing you can think about is try to finish a little bit lower on your follow-through. Finishing lower keeps that swing at a more shallow angle, and when that ball's coming out low like that, with some high spin, it's really going to check up for you on the green. Just remember, it's all about the attack angle into that golf ball. So going back to your question, you asked, would I need more of a player's iron or if I just simply need to keep working on my swing? I would say focus more on the swing, not so much on the irons. Use those tips that I gave you, but try to produce a steeper angle of attack as well. That's really going to help you create the spin that you're looking for. Feel free to reach out if you have any other questions, Bill. That concludes the listener questions for this podcast. Thank you very much for those individuals that submitted your questions to me. In summary, I answered Paul's question on how to transition that great range swing to the golf course. Richard's question on how far from the ball should he stand at address. Josh asked how to improve the contact with the golf ball. Talked about that. And then finally, Bill wanted to know how to create more backspin on the golf ball. Be on the lookout for another episode where I'll take your listener questions. Feel free to submit your questions to me at any time. You're welcome to email me at sgoforth at pga.com. Again, that's sgoforth at pga.com. Even if I'm not taking listener questions at that time, I'll stick your question to the side and save it for that future episode. I look forward to answering your questions in the future. Oh, yeah! Woo-hoo! <laughs> you gotta love that! Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes episode number 16. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to press that play button no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. It is greatly, greatly appreciated that you took the time to listen. It warms my heart to know that this helped you improve your golf games. what this is all about. Remember, you can always go back and listen if you want to take some notes on anything you've heard in this episode, any of those questions I may have answered and also how to practice your short game effectively. I highly encourage all of you to implement what I mentioned today in this podcast. I promise you, you'll see some improvement, and also your scores are going to lower, and you're going to be much, much happier. Again, don't forget to tell people you know about the podcast and help me grow my audience. Help me grow this golfing community we're creating. Your help and your consideration is always greatly appreciated. Don't forget that episode number 17 will drop in just two weeks. In that episode, I'm going to talk about how to make more of those short putts. Those short putts can be a pain in the rear, can't they? You get over that putt and you think, hey, I got this. Nerves kick in. Yips kick in. We've missed it. We're ticked off at ourselves. And we want to figure out how do we eliminate those short misses? How do we make more of those short putts? Well, I'm going to tell you how in episode number 17. I promise you, you're going to see a huge difference in this. You're going to step up over that putt. You're going to be a lot more confident. You're going to drain more of those putts, and that's what we're looking for. And also in episode number 17, my guest will be Alan Tharp from Adidas Golf. He will be talking everything you want to know about Adidas. 
You're looking at those shirts. They got good looking shirts, great golf shoes. You're looking for a new pair of golf shoes. You need to listen to this episode, accessorize yourself, get those shoes. It's going to help you play better and get that apparel. that's going to make you look good. You've probably seen a lot of the guys on tour sporting the Adidas apparel and shoes. We're going to talk about that, their tour presence, the company as a whole, everything you need to know about Adidas golf. We're going to talk about that in episode number 17. So don't miss it. Until the next episode, I hope you hit your drives long and straight. I hope you hit more greens and regulation, and I hope you drain more putts. And most importantly, have fun. That's what this is all about. Remember, don't forget that. Also, don't forget to do something nice for somebody today. It's going to make you feel a lot better. It's going to brighten the life of somebody else. And remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.